0: Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us—the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Rev. Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus— the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you.
1: It is so good to be with you all today. My name is Reverend Allison Lanza, she, her. I'm a Disciples of Christ pastor and the co-founder and co-executive director of a Disciples of Christ-related service learning mission trip ministry called Be the Neighbor. We are based out of Fort Worth, but we have 10 sites across the country where groups, mostly disciples, but from all denominations come to learn about how to put their faith into action to love their neighbor neighbors. They do things around eco-justice and anti-racism and hunger relief and welcoming neighbors and refugees, all kinds, with the idea being that they'll do cool stuff with us while they're with us for the week, but our main goal is we equip them to do that when they go home, to live lives of service and justice and loving their neighbors in their own communities and for the rest of their lives. Growing up in Fort Worth, I have always known about Azle Christian Church and had such an admiration for so many of your pastors, for the work you all do in the community, and so it is such a joy to get to be here with you in this time. And I've told Emerson and Valerie, but I'll tell you too, I'm here on Sundays, but if you need me in the meantime, don't hesitate to ask or to reach out. Any way I can be of help with you all while you are in this time of transition, I am happy to do that and to stand with you our scripture today comes from the gospel of matthew as emerson shared it comes right after we hear about the baptism of jesus and then it says the spirit draws jesus into the wilderness so that's what we find here from matthew 4 1 through 11. then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil or the tempter, says some translations. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came to and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, the devil said to, took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Are any of you American Idol fans? Maybe some? I don't typically watch those talent shows through the end. I don't have that kind of commitment, but I really like the audition parts. I just love watching people come in just at the beginning, excited and hopeful and nervous, and it's a whole thing to watch these. And so I was watching the first night um, this season and there's one audition that captured me. So if you watched it, you might know who I'm talking about. It started with Katy Perry, one of the judges, saying, who are you? LL, Lucy Love, she replied. Then she started kind of acting out this bit. You see, she had this over-the-top energy and lots of jokes that she had clearly practiced a lot. Her song was good ish, had I been a judge, I probably would have said something like, you know what? I think you have something there. Why don't you practice more and come back next year? But then when she finished, Lionel Richie said to her, do you know who you are? Do you know if you stripped away all that extra stuff, those jokes, the big stuff, that choreography you were trying, if you just took all of that out, You know all that stuff you thought you had to be to be successful here? Get rid of all that. Underneath all that, there's an artist there. Do you know that? That's when you saw her face shift. She becomes really her for the first time in the show. She's not acting a part. Lionel Richie asks her, so who are you? Then she starts to tell the story of her life It has not been easy. She had a dad who was absent and a mom who was in and out. She grew up poor and now is trying to raise two young kids on her own. When the rest of her life was immeasurably hard, she said, singing got her through. It gave her confidence and comfort and sanctuary and strength. It helped her believe in the self, in herself. It was one thing she knew to be true and good about herself that no one could take away from her. Now, she knows who she is. They show this video clip of her bathroom wall that's covered in index cards, each one of them in her own handwriting, writing out reminders for herself of who she is. I am kind. I am strong-minded. I am not my past. I am light. I cannot quit because I, my babies are counting on me. They then go back to the audition room footage, and they invite her to sing again. This time she sings not from who she thinks she needs to be, not from her fear. She sings from her heart, from who she knows she is. And it is powerful and beautiful. And even me, who's a really harsh critic from my couch, would have given her that golden ticket. Before she can start to be successful, she has to get really clear about who she is and who she's not and who she's going to be in this next chapter. Who are you? Who are you going to be in this next chapter? I have a four-year-old son, Spencer, and every day since he started daycare, I've whispered in his ear, This reminder, before I drop him off, I say to him, Spencer Davis Lanza, this is what I know to be true. You are kind and smart and brave and loving. And you are loved unconditionally by me, your mom, and by so many friends and family. And you're loved even more by God. Spencer, this is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice! Be glad in it. I want him to know, before his day begins, who he is. So that when other voices start to ring in his ear, pushing him maybe to make unkind choices or to doubt himself and his goodness, he'll hear that voice ringing in his ear. No, this is what is true. You are loved. Who are you? Who are you going to be in this next chapter? for Be the Neighbor, the nonprofit that I run, our board last month spent some time together clarifying our vision and our values and our mission. We decided we value things like love for all people and creation, being anchored in and moved by our faith, building community and living as neighbors, affirming the dignity and humanity of all. We wanted to make sure we were really clear, especially when push comes to serve, what drove us who we were going to be and who we were not going to be because in every 24-hour period there are a million things you can say yes to and we wanted to be really clear on what we were going to say yes to and what we were going to say no to what was ours to do who are you who are you going to be in this next chapter this is what jesus is asking himself in this chapter of our story today Jesus has just been baptized by John, his cousin. Most thinks, people, folks, think he's about 30 years old at this point. And he's ready. He thinks, or God thinks, someone thinks, he is ready to start this next chapter. If I were Jesus, I'd be like, I need another five years, just hold out. When he comes up out of the water, the skies open up, and the Spirit of God descends as a dove. You are my child. That's who you are, the one whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. That's who you really are, God tells him, my beloved. Then, with these words ringing in his heart, he enters the wilderness. When we get to our story today, it has already been 40 days, which, if you've read the Bible, you know 40 days is just Bible speak for a really long time. He's been out there forever wondering, who am I going to be? I imagine he's wondering, can I really do this? Do I know how to do this? How does anyone even bring the kingdom of God, earth as it is in heaven, into this? And he's hungry, and he's tired, and he's alone. And that voice that broke open the heavens is starting to feel like maybe something he'd dreamt a long time ago. Over the next 40 days in our time in worship together, we're going to be joining Jesus in the seeking. Joining with Nicodemus, with the Samaritan woman at the well, with Mary, with many faithful throughout time and history who have found themselves in the wilderness seeking. Who am I? Who are you, God? Who am I supposed to be in this world? What does a faithful like even look like now? Maybe you're seeking in your own life right now. Maybe you're beginning something new. Maybe something you chose. Maybe a new relationship, a new job, a new dream. Maybe something you would have never chosen. A new grief, a new diagnosis. A new phase as a life in your life or in the life of your church that you never signed up for. Maybe you're seeking from God feeling distant from God and wanting to find connection again, rethinking or questioning or constructing or deconstructing or reconstructing who God is and who you're called to be here. It is in this seeking, near the end of these 40 days, when Jesus has been in the wilderness for a while, and he is exhausted and hungry and afraid, that the voice of God calling him beloved sounds like a far-off echo, that he starts to hear other voices. Other voices saying, this doesn't seem to be going well. Can I help you? I have some ideas of other things you might try. Are you hungry? You want food? Do you want to have it all? Do you want to just be safe? I gotcha, the voice says. Listen to me. And it's always then, right, when we're at our breaking points, when we're exhausted and afraid, that the temptation to listen to other voices that we know aren't really in our best interest are strongest, right? It's when we start doubting ourselves, doubting what we know to be true. You know, it's the middle of the night when you start looking on Google, right? Putting in all your symptoms, thinking, I know the doctor said I was fine, but WebMD really thinks I'm dying. It's when our churches are shrinking or in crisis that we start listening to consultants and schemes that come and tell us, you want to have your pews filled with young people? You want your offering plates overflowing? Here are three easy steps. They may not be what God called you to be or who you are, but we can get those people here. It's when we look at our world and hear about the year anniversary of a war in russia and ukraine and we hear about earthquakes and we see people in our own communities who are struggling again and again that we think maybe this way is not the way maybe there's something else that's when we start to hear those other voices the tempter who comes to jesus is tricky the voice is believable it quotes scripture it's rational What it suggests isn't in and of itself bad. You're hungry, it says. Bet you could just ask God to turn these stones into bread. You're afraid, right? This ministry, doing what God has called you to do, it might be dangerous. It might turn people against you. It might even, like the prophets before you, put your life at risk. Do you really trust that God's going to keep you safe through all this? You want to just test it and try out? Like, just jump off the building. See, just see, you know, see if God catches you. The voice plays on what I imagine is Jesus' fear, that nagging doubt. Can I really trust God in all of this? To be honest, no matter what our theology says or our brain says, I've been there. I'm guessing maybe you have. When we just pray those desperate prayers for God to put a bubble around us and the people we love. Just, if I'm faithful enough, if I follow you enough, you'll, you'll keep us safe. Right, God? <laughs> but no, the theologian Debbie Thomas says, if the cross teaches us anything, it teaches us that God's precious children still bleed, still ache, still die. We're loved in our vulnerability, not out of it and then the voice plays on Jesus's ego and pride this way of God it kind of leads to the bottom do you want to lead to the top do you want fame fortune just follow me I can get you all of that it's really all the things we want right food when we're hungry guarantees of safety when life is scary a financial cushion that people will respect us None of these things are necessarily bad on their own, but it's the motivation behind them that's the problem. The voice is asking Jesus to make decisions based on his hunger, his fear, his doubt that God is really trustworthy, his own ego. And Jesus stops the voice each time. Nope, I will trust in the voice of God, not your voice. I will trust what God tells me about who I am and who I am to be, that I am God's child, that I am loved, that God will not abandon me. And when the voices leave, there's God right there in the wilderness, showing up for Jesus as angels with bread and rest and love, reminding him and us that there is no situation, no wilderness, no pain, no fear, where God will not be with us where we cannot trust God to stand beside us, where God's love won't get the loudest and the last word. Jesus practiced trust in these 40 days and then began his ministry. And when the hunger and fear and pain of this fully human part of fully God and fully human was made real to him, when he doubted and he was cursed and he was even killed. These 40 days taught him to trust God's way of love. Even when it was the hard way. Even when it seemed like death and hate and won. not to give up. Because he knew he hadn't been abandoned. He heard those words ringing in his heart. You are my child. I love you. I will not leave you. So who are we, Friends. Who are we going to be in this next chapter? When life gets hard, when we're exhausted and afraid and hungry for food, for safety, for change, whose voice are we going to listen to? Whose voice are we going to let guide us? This Lent, these forty days are our time in the wilderness, a time to practice listening and trusting God's voice for us, A time to seek out what that still, small voice of God is saying to us so that when push comes to shove and we find ourselves in the wilderness of life, that wilderness that just is a part of being alive, we know how to respond. No, that's not who I am. No, that's not who I'm called to be. No, this is me. This is us. These are the words of truth I hope you hear ringing in your heart the next time you find yourself in the wilderness. Azel Christian Church, you can say your own name here. This is what I know to be true. You are God's child. You are loved. God is so pleased with you. This is who you are. God will show up for you even in the wilderness. God's love and life will get the last word for you and for our world. Friends, this is the voice we can trust to guide us.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azilchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.